Hey team, Richard Tubb here, back again with another episode of Tub Talk, the podcast for IT consultants. Now, for those of you who run IT solution provider or managed service provider MSP businesses, you'll know that one of the seemingly unavoidable headaches of working with clients is providing them with hardware. Makes us cringe just to think about it, but whether it's a laptop, a desktop, a smartphone, or anything else, if you don't directly provide the hardware, the client can end up causing you work by sourcing the wrong equipment. And if you do sell the hardware directly, then you can expect to maintain a mountain of admin and sometimes clients haggling with you over cost as well. So what is the solution? Well, my guest today is the CEO of a new entrance to the managed service market that may have a revolutionary solution to the headache of hardware. Dave Tilly has worked in the technology sector for 23 years and run an IT solution provider for the last 18 of those. His focus is now all about DAS, device as a service, and his goal is to solve that challenge for technology providers and businesses alike across the globe through his new business, DAS Portal. Dave, welcome to TubTalk. Thanks, Richard. Glad to be here. Really good to see you. Where are you joining us from today? Uh, we are Southampton. Southampton on the south coast of England. Is the weather just as good in Southampton as it is up in the northeast of England? Mm, yeah, probably. It's a little bit <laughs> overcast and grey today, so uh, I feel like winter is slowly approaching. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. I want to dive straight in with you, my friends. Uh, let's understand some of these acronyms that I've mentioned. So what is DAS, D-A-A-S, Device as a Service? Tell us about that. Uh, okay. Um, I think it's, it's perhaps easier to perhaps talk about what it isn't. Um, what it isn't is everything that everybody's doing out there, uh, as far as I can see, and I've done a lot of research. Um, people talk about, uh, I think they they see anything that says AAS after the end of it as, well, that's a monthly subscription on, on the billing side. Uh, there's a lot more to it than that. But um, everybody that's out there doing device or service that I can see, all they're doing is buying hardware and pairing that with a lease agreement. That's not device as a service. Every, we've, been, we've been doing that and we've had those solutions available for years. They're just branding it as device as a service. Um, and the challenge with that is that it, it works okay if you've got maybe a, a 30 or a 50 user refresh. You don't mind going through all of the hassle of, of sorting out the lease paperwork and the admin that goes with that. It's the following month they want another two, the next month they want another four. And if you want to keep that standard process across the business, so paying a, a monthly type uh, payment, uh, it just you've now got another lease contract, another lease contract, another lease contract, and it just becomes unmanageable. Um, and so that is one of the challenges that we solve here at Das Portal. Yeah, I, I want to dive a little bit more into that. But before we do, we've spoken uh, to our friends from Pax8 on this show before. We'll talk about your relationship with Pax8 shortly, but I think it's fair to say Pax8 revolutionized the way that distribution is managed in the managed service space. And your new business, Das Portal, you're hoping to do that same sort of revolutionary approach for hardware, for devices. So in nuts and bolts terms, explain to us how does Das Portal help MSPs with that hardware headache that I mentioned at the top of the show? Running my uh, my VAR for uh, 18 years, um, it, the standard sort of process, I'm sure many MSPs will relate to what I'm about to say. Um, we could perhaps put, you know, I've got a slide that illustrates this, but you get a quote request from a customer that comes into the MSP via sales. You probably need a bit of ratification. Why are you buying it? What's it for? Et cetera. Sales have got to then send that to procurement. Procurement have got to get some pricing from distribution, however they do that. It's got to flow back to the sales guy person rather sorry um and that needs to go into their quoting tool back to the customer customer's got to approve it might need chasing they might haggle on price and eventually let's say you get an order back now then that flows through the msp they've got to go send that order uh, raise the order internally they've then got to raise purchase orders get that equipment into the msp um and then they've got to get it configured um sorted out, boxed up, and sent out to the customer. So there's a huge amount of process um, uh, in that. Whereas with Das Portal, we turn that entire process into a under a one-minute web form uh, or form for them to fill out. Um, so the customer would make a request. They just say, I want a new device, please, uh, or a bundle. We've got a new starter, or it's a replacement technology refresh. 
send that request to the MSP. The MSP comes into DAS portal, types in the name from a pre-populated drop-down of standardized job roles for that customer, select what the, the bundle is and type in their address. And when they want it delivered by, click submit. We take care of the rest from there. That is amazing. We're going to delve a little bit deeper into what this looks like in, in practice. But what you're talking about here, Dave, is like solving a headache that has been around for 20 plus years. You know, I, I run an MSP business, sold it, you know, 12, 13 years ago. But when I was starting out in this business, this headache was there. We used to call it hardware as a service and it never really or has never really took off at the time, despite, you know, it being a great idea. So DAS Portal, the business you're running, you've already talked about, you've uh, for 18 years run a value-added reseller. Uh, much of the problems are applicable to managed service providers, IT solution providers. Where did the idea for DAS Portal come from and how have you been developing this? Because you're the first person that I've come across that has genuinely got a real uh, crack at solving this eternal problem. Sure. So... Um... It kind of starts uh, back in 2009 when we had the financial crisis and, and I saw some uh, a lot of uh, businesses go to the wall because they had lots of fixed overheads. And, and off the back of that, I made a decision then to have a, a partner-centric um, company, meaning that I didn't want the hassle of employing engineers and technical people and everything like that. So we always partnered that out. Um, fast forward to 2017, we finally thought, well, kicking and screaming, we better get into this cloud malarkey. And um, and so we partnered with a company called Wirehive um, and um, uh, we started, you know, uh, buying about there a Microsoft distributor. We're buying iDynamics, 365, Azure, all that kind of stuff. Um, and had a great relationship. They, they've got an amazing professional services team. So we really started expanding what we could deliver for our customers. But um, the primary relationship was with a guy called James Russell, who was the chief operations officer there. And so one evening we were on a, in, in lockdown, we were having a glass of wine and uh, over a Zoom call, as we all did in those days. Um, and I said, look, I'm really struggling with new customer acquisition. Um, do you see any, I'm looking for perhaps a new direction to go in. Where do you think, do you see any opportunities? And he said, I really think device as a service still needs solving, um, you know, properly. And and at the time I didn't know, but I think they had a very good crack themselves at trying to trying to solve that. Um, and and then I think they were acquired um, by, uh, by the almighty Pax8. Um, so, I started looking uh, into this and doing research in the marketplace for about five or six months. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, the acquisition was announced between Pax8 and Wirehive. Um, and so just Simon Green, who's the chief technology officer at Wirehive at the time, he's now the global CIO for Pax8, said, hey, Dave, we've just been acquired. Um, we've bought hardware from you for a little while now. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be expanding very aggressively in EMEA. Uh, I don't want to be dealing with hardware. I don't want to be dealing with distribution. I don't want to be dealing with vendor pricing. And I don't want to be dealing with logistics. Can you solve this problem for us? So it was very timely and serendipitous for that, uh, that opportunity to come to us. I think you might have had an inkling that we were already looking into it from James. Uh, and I said, sure. So we kind of down sticks on everything that we were doing at that point. Um, we still facilitate the legacy business from um, uh, from sort of the old days. But yeah, we've been focused on that for about two and a half years now. Um, fast forward to today, uh, we we now supply Pax8 globally uh, for all of their internal staff. That's uh, UK, EMEA, uh, North America and Canada, uh, Australia, New Zealand, Philippines, India. And we're just currently working on another seven Southeast Asian countries uh, that they're expanding into. Um, so it's been a, a, a sort of collaboration together. Um, and uh, yeah, we've kind of uh, built the service around what their internal needs were and Quite early on in that journey, Simon sat down and said, Dave, I really encourage you to develop a partner model here. Uh, we'd really like to see this on the Pax8 platform if you can make this work. And so we we took that direction um, as well as you know building it out for Pax8, but also building out a partner model um, and how we could uh, how we could make that work for MSPs and, and partners alike. Incredible story. And, and I love the, you know, the collaboration with Pax8. We've talked about Pax8 a lot on this show before. I'm a big fan of shining a light on the positive disruptors in the managed service industry. And Pax8, of course, um, you and I both know they've been near the top of that list. So brilliant to see that they've collaborated, influenced you. You're a separate entity, of course, from Pax8, aren't you? You know, you're not within the Pax8 business, but, you know, they've they've encouraged you. You've got a partnership with them. What does the relationship look like with Pax8 going forward? 
Um, well, uh, they, they want us to continue supporting them globally uh, as they uh, as they expand and grow. Um, and yeah, we are uh, we are very much heading in the direction of, of wanting to bring Das Portal to the Pax8 marketplace. So um, you know, very much watch this space. Yeah, and it's—I mean—it's a great. I'm not going to say endorsement, but a, a great association to have because lots of listeners to the show, MSPs, will know about Pax8, rate them very, very highly for how they've sort of positively disrupted the uh, distribution market. So to be associated with them, that must be like a, a really good, uh, a really good feeling for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, as, as Philip Morgan said it very well on uh, on the case study video that we did, it's, it's a marriage made in heaven, which, uh, you know, you can't get a better endorsement than that from uh, from a man like Phil. And, and Phil is a pastor of a church, so he knows all about marriages as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk about Das Portal in practice. So what does the experience look like for MSPs? You've talked about where you've built things up, you know, the relationship with Pax8, how you've helped them out. Uh, but now you're bringing it to the MSP market. So what can an MSP expect from Das Portal? Um. It just radically simplifies simplifies their in that process that I described from uh, you know getting the quote in. Uh, we spoke to a lot of MSPs uh, since January, um, and yeah, you know, just the whole the whole quoting process is is bogging them down. Um, you know, when when they send the quote back to the customer, and the customer says, "Well, I can get this." 10 pounds cheaper from somewhere else you're like it's costing us 10 quid to have this <laughs> just send this email it's ridiculous yes. so um we wanted to bring uh, a truly zero touch uh, experience to the msp so they're completely abstract uh touching hardware dealing with hardware procuring hardware anything to do with hardware and devices um sorry spe- you know specifically devices and the peripherals that go with that uh, they just don't need to touch it um and and that's what they can achieve through our service um, you know, you don't want. Uh, do you really want your your engineers that have got lots of technical skills and, and capabilities opening boxes and plugging them in and messing around with them? I mean, it's not going to be their favourite job, I can tell you. And um, it adds complexity uh, to the entire chain. It's got more logistical hops, so it's more costly. I mean, a core principle of uh, of what we founded this service on at the start, sort of strategic core principle, was. Uh, simplicity, simplicity equals cost saving, complexity equals cost. So we wanted to come up with the the simplest, cleanest solution um, that was that was possible. And and so the fact that there there doesn't have to be the, the MSP doesn't have to take the device into their offices. Uh, it just comes from our managed inventory and goes straight out to their customers. Be that an office, be that a remote worker, wherever that might be in the world, um, and, and we facilitate that. And it's also about uh, you know reducing that overall that all that overall process by probably ninety plus percent. But it's what can you do um, with that that free resource now? Um, facilitating the deployment of laptops for an MSP it does nothing to grow their business. Yeah. Yes, some MSPs might say, "Well, we charge for that. We make a bit of a profit on that." Uh, yeah, great, and you can still charge for you know the service that you'll be delivered through Das Portal. Uh, but what could, you're not growing your business away. You're not doing anything for growing your business by facilitating laptops. And so, if you're not facilitating laptops, what can you get those uh, those engineers or those salespeople uh, doing with all of that additional resource? Start focusing on uh, on higher margin services um, and and things like that. I want to talk a bit about the integrations between Das Portal and the existing tools and platforms that MSPs use. But before I do, a couple of questions that just spring to mind about what you've just described there, how you help the MSP. Uh, first one would be, can you assign specific margins to, to devices, to products? 100%, yeah. So when we start the process, the MSP will set up an account in Das Portal. Um, they'll then upload their customer list. Uh, we soft credit check them just to make sure that they're they're uh, they're eligible for uh, the true device as a service. There are two models. You can still do a capital purchase or you can do true device as a service. Uh, we kept the capital purchase in there importantly because at the end of years, uh, end of each year, sometimes customers want to use up budget uh, and who are we to stand in the way of them spending money? So that's why we keep that there. Um, sorry, remind me of the question again. I got a bit yeah, lost. Assigning specific margins uh, to products. Yes, so, so yeah. 
Yeah, so they upload their, their customers and we just soft credit check them because uh, we, we don't want to take them through an experience. And at the end yeah. of that, the computer says no. Yes, you can. Uh, you, you go into your customers in the portal, which are assigned to you, and you can set specific product margins either by category, by by vendor, by device type, or even individual products. So you can still maintain the exact margins that you want for each of your customers. Yeah, and because I'm a former MSP, Dave, I, th I still think like an MSP. So the other question <laughs> that sprung to mind here was, what about a, a standard catalog? So specific client roles or departments can get standardized hardware. I'm thinking specifically, there's going to be people listening and they're like, you know, one of our clients, everybody in the finance department gets this certain spec of PC. Everybody in the exec team gets this certain spec of device or whatever. So can you set up standard catalogs for specific clients? Yeah, so we have a master catalog in uh, in Das Portal, uh, which is a, a a fairly you know trimmed down catalog. We're not here to offer everything and every, anything and everything. Yeah, um, it's you know people get choice fatigue for for starters. So we just kind of take a, a basic better best approach um, uh, in terms of what devices that we that we offer out there. Yep, makes a lot of sense. So let, let me get back to what I was going to ask about the integration. So MSPs listen to this, they're going to have a lot of tools like PSA, professional services automation tools, uh, other, other tools of that nature. So what does the integrations look like between DAS Portal and that existing toolkit that MSPs might have? So uh, the, the DAS Portal is a, an open API platform. So um, yes, they, the, the MSPs can integrate with us um, using that. So hopefully uh, just setting it up with their existing PSA tool. We are working and looking at and road mapping out um, some off-the-shelf integrations uh, with some of the more you know well-known um, PSA tools out there. So uh, it's definitely something that we we've identified as we you know we, we're here to make life easy for MSPs uh, and and giving them another portal to go and manage something from isn't necessarily what everybody wants. So uh, yes, we're very much focused and and uh, now and moving forwards in making that journey as easy as possible for the MSPs. Yeah, makes sense. Does anybody remember that dream of a single pane of glass to do everything? I'm not sure that's going to happen anytime soon, but good to see that you've got the integrations uh, underway. Um, something you mentioned as well about, you know, delivering the hardware ready to the client. So let me get this straight. So the hardware doesn't have to come to the MSP site and have to be configured. It can go directly to the client and be, you know, ready for deployment there. Am, am I understanding that right? Yeah, so we looked at the model and um, we cater primarily for a, a cloud deployed strategy. Um, and uh, one of the main problems and the main overheads uh, for MSPs is getting those devices in and, and configuring them uh, on a gold image type uh, type approach. Um, no offense to anybody out there that's still doing that, but that is the old way of working and we're looking to the future to be the more modern way of working. Um, and so we, it's just a whole bunch of process that doesn't need to happen. Uh, so with, with PAX 8, for example, when we order the devices in, they we enroll them into PAX 8's Intune. Uh, so whenever we ship anything out, each of the individual users has the out-of-box experience. They just type in their credentials, bang, uh, and away they go. But that cloud deploy strategy also facilitates the service wrapper that we put around devices as a service. So um, uh, it's an important part of doing that. So part of that process there, is Intune a part of that? Uh, many MSPs listening are going to be familiar with Intune, but is that something that you use as part of that process? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, it's down to the MSP. What we're not in the in the market of doing is taking laptops in and configuring them on behalf of MSPs um, because we're managing that inventory. Um, you know, for example, we could ship devices to the MSP. They could configure them, send them back to us, and we then manage the inventory from there. But then that causes problems. Well, what if there's, say, that laptop's been waiting there for a month or two, waiting to be deployed to someone? How many, you know, significant updates have happened on the various different applications that they're using? So it's it's not current anymore. So, you know, um, I think everybody is going to be going um, towards the direction of a cloud deployed strategy. It doesn't matter really from our perspective. Uh, it could be Apple Business Manager. It could be Intune. Um, you know, whatever. As long as uh, you know the, the model supports not taking laptops in and configuring them um, at a desk, basically. Yeah, makes sense. Now, for the benefit of listeners, before Dave and I jumped on uh, the podcast today, there was, you know, I, I prepped the, the guests and I say, hey, I'm probably going to ask you about this, that and the other. 
And Dave actually said to me, you know what, rather than me answering some of those questions, why don't you speak to one of our MSP partners uh, directly? And so, um, uh, Dave, Scott Riley is joining us today. Tell us about your relationship with Scott. He's very well known to the show, listeners of the show. Yeah, so um, we met Scott out in uh, the PAX 8 event in Denver this year um, and kind of hit it off straight away. And he's like, I love what you're doing. Um, and I started talking to him about uh, some of the challenges that we were facing with when talking to MSPs. Uh, they're like, well, you know, in-tuning cloud deployment is definitely something that we're working towards, but we're not there yet. Or we've tried it and we've not had a great experience. So we've kind of stopped doing it. Um and so, uh, yeah, it seemed, uh, and Scott was explaining the work that he does with MSPs, uh, a lot of work around Intune and, and, and making that all very nice and slick and easy and, and helping them get there. And I thought, hang on, this is uh, this is another marriage made in heaven. Um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're going to find and talk to MSPs. Uh, if they're in the cloud deployed strategy, then bang, we can, we, can, we can crack on with those. But for everybody that's not there yet, we need to help facilitate to get them there. And so that's where we can throw them back over to Scott and Scott can potentially help them um, make that move forwards. And then uh, as soon as they're in that place, um, then they'd be ready to start consuming Das Portal. And, you know, that's really quite a revolutionary uh, change for an MSP business to make. Um, if you combine the two together, it's, it's, it's a big difference. Yeah. So let's invite Scott to join us now. Scott, are you there? Hi. Hey, guys. It's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me back on, Richard and Dave. Awesome to see you again. And and, and I mean, we talk all the time anyway, but lovely to see you here on the podcast as well. Yeah, it's brilliant to see you again. I think I can't remember how many times you've been on the show now. You're becoming a friend of Tub Talk, basically, you're a, <laughs> a regular guest. So for the benefit for anybody listening who perhaps hasn't heard the previous episodes where I've spoke to you, and, you know, I was mentioning to Dave when he mentioned your name about joining us, your episodes have been some of the most... Uh, well-received top feedback on the episodes of the show we've had. So thank you for that. And I'd encourage anybody listening not familiar with those episodes, go back and check them out because Scott has just got a, a wealth of advice to share with MSPs. He's one of the most open and honest fellas in the industry. But for, for anybody not familiar with your work, tell us, who are you? What, what do you do for a living? Uh, sure. Yes. Yeah, so I, I am the founder, uh, general dishwasher, window cleaner, all, all those things that we do when we do the player manager role uh, at Cloud Nexus, which is a UK based uh, MSP who specialize in 365 and Azure services. Um, predominantly now, I would say genuinely we focus on consultancy rather than actually doing the sort of more traditional managed IT services. Um, but we've been running for about four years now. Um, it's been a very interesting journey for me. I came from some very large UK MSPs, uh, where I would sort of make my way up to the executive roles, then sort of help with the buying and selling of the, the M&A activity. Um, and in our last MSP, we did 17 pieces of, of M&A, uh, where we were the acquirers, uh, getting the business ready to sell uh, for a cool £265 million, uh, probably about these days, probably about $300 million for our US listeners. Um, I had my teeny tiny shareholding in that business. And when we sold the business, I ran away into the sun and bought myself a pie or a pizza. It wasn't, <laughs> it, it wasn't a lot, let's be honest. Um, but it did give me the opportunity to say, what would I like to do next? And that's where Cloud Nexus was born out of. And it was something that was 100% we wanted to focus on the cloud first. So 365 is your no more physical data centers, as little on-premise servers as possible. Uh, and then, of course, you know, smart endpoints. and. I have to say, when I, I was introduced to Dave in, in Denver at the Pax 8 Beyond conference, what he had to say, A, blew me away because it's it's such a problem that has been going on for such a long time. Yeah. And, and B, just was like, this is the right product at the right time. It's just now is the time for this. I know we've heard about uh, device as a service previously or desktop as a service, as it's been called, and, and, and all those different names. Um, it's such the right time for this. You know, the the MSP appetite for trying to drive the most value out of those business premium licenses or out of E3 licenses, Intune's such a big part of that. Um, and we know, look, let's be really honest. I know we're talking to MSPs. We know that deployment is great. Maybe ongoing patching and updates of applications isn't still there yet. So many people are using their, their RMMs to carry on that task. But let's just focus on deployment when I think about Intune and I think about DAS Portal and the combination of those two things together, I was like, it solves such a massive headache. And I was so bullish that when I met Dave, I was like, 
this is a yes, yes, just a hundred percent yes. Why is no one else doing this? And in fact, I'm so glad that they're not because it means that Dave and, and the team at Dashport have got such a fantastic, you know, market opportunity here to to really help MSPs. And then I thought, yeah, it sounds good, but okay. You know, maybe it's just UK centric. And he's like, oh, oh, oh no, just a second. Uh, we've been doing this in the US for PAX 8, uh, deploying their devices to, for every new starter and the UK. And we're doing uh, EMEA and we're doing ANZ. And I'm like, oh, oh, excuse me. He's like, yeah, we can we can deploy worldwide. We have those relationships. And I was like, that is incredible. Absolutely incredible. So yeah, genuinely, um, almost almost fell in love with Dave and Das Portal on on meeting them. And you know, we've had so many conversations since then to just sort of you know validate it, look at it, work with it, understand the margins, understand the practicalities of how it works, and it, it all stacks up. You know, you meet you you meet somebody that yeah yeah sounds too good to be true. Definitely not. Re- really, really happy with every single interaction that we've had with the Das Portal team since. It's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And as I've said, and long-term listeners to this show will know, I go out of my way to shine a light on the, you know, the cutting edge, the positive disruptors in this industry. One of the the, the phrases I hate most that we hear in IT uh, a lot is, well, we've always done it that way. Yeah. Wow. Well, just because we've always done it that way does not mean we need to, to do it going forward. You know, Dave and I talked about, you know, the traditional headaches with providing hardware and things, but you've been in this industry, you know, as long as I have, you've got a wealth of experience in MSPs. When you started Cloud Nexus, uh, you know, one of the UK's fastest growing MSPs, what did you say you were going to do differently about hardware? What does your current process, oh, sorry, let me rephrase that. Before you met Dave, what did the hardware device process look like for Cloud Nexus? Well, let's, let's be brutally honest, because um, if for Cloud Nexus, we went, I'm not doing that crap. That's, that's <laughs> far too difficult and far too painful. So if anybody wants any hardware, we'll partner up and we'll give them to a partner who can go and sort out the hardware because it's just too damn painful and the margins are too low. Um, but if, if I think back to you know the MSP before that where we did quite a bit of hardware, I found it such an incredibly painful process. So you know we have... What does the client want? So we spend all the time figuring out what does the client want because we're in a world where we didn't have a fixed catalog. Maybe for some clients, we had an idea of a fixed catalog. What does the client want? Okay, great. Let's get it to the procurement team. So the procurement team would then go and try and get all the different bids and different deals back from different vendors. And then they would come back and tell us, we can't have that hardware uh, because they've got a better deal on this hardware. Brilliant. Okay, so we'll go back to the client and try and convince them that this other piece of hardware that we've got is actually better for different reasons other than we're going to make more margin on it. Um, then we get it back to the the, the procurement guy. Uh, that deal's expired. Oh, but there's some other deals. And and, and, and eventually, we, we eventually get a price. Okay, great. Now we go to the finance team. We need to raise some POs because we need to go buy this hardware. What's the customer raised PO? I'll go and get the customer to sign an order, raise PO. Then I'll get it to the finance team. Then they'll raise PO. That deal's expired again because it's taking too long. Uh, okay, can we, can we get another deal? And that's just to buy the damn thing. Now, now it's bought and it eventually it ships to us. And then so we then get it out of the box and do all the usual things and get the gold image out or, oh, this customer hasn't got a gold image. Okay, well, we'll make a gold image and we'll deploy this one. Great. Okay. Pack it all back in the box. Send it back over to shipping. It's got to get shipped out to the client site now. Did anybody account for the shipping costs for the customer? No. Okay. We just lost 60 quid. Great. Okay. Um, on every laptop. Brilliant. Okay. Did we put the hardware labels on? I don't think we did. All right, we'll arrange a site visit for when it gets on site because we didn't put the hardware labels on. Super. And I'm not kidding. That was a genuine rinse and repeat whenever we did desktop devices. Now, you can genuinely say we were probably a bit crap at desktops. Fine. Okay. Uh, Maybe we were. But I would bet my bottom dollar if I was to go around a good number of the small MSPs that I work with that their process is probably quite similar, except maybe without all the different teams involved. But what that means is the player manager guy is probably the the, the the boy or girl who's spending all their time faffing around with those processes of POs and chasing and orders and delivery and getting the best deal. And when you are a small MSP, you've got no chance of getting the best deal because you don't buy enough from Dell or Lenovo or HP to get those good discounts. And you'll often end up in a situation where you've got to inspect everything up through Dell and you've got your business discount. And then the customer goes, um, I can get it cheaper from Dell Direct. Uh, there's, there's an offer on today, and I've, I've got it for 50 quid cheaper. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, 
so now what do we do? Um, do do we let them buy it and then we'll do the setup? And, and it, it's, there's so many headaches involved. Um, and and that was before we had autopilot. Um, you know, now now we have autopilot and we have endpoint manager, and that's great when it works in the vendor portals, because the latest challenge that I see MSPs are having is that they're putting all the autopilot details into Dell portal or to the Lenovo portal. And then they're getting, you know, if they've ordered 50 laptops, they're getting 50 follow-up emails with 50 tickets saying, right. sorry, we didn't we didn't get the autopilot ID. Could you give us the autopilot ID and the domain, please? So, right. So I, I filled it all in once and now I have to fill it all in again for these 50 laptops that we've ordered. It's just a pain. Um, and you know that's not even thinking about the time it takes for the engineers to sit there, gold image, put the applications on, deploy the applications, find out which applications that user wants. Okay, update those ones, patch it, send it out. And then when it gets there, it hasn't got the right applications on, and it needs some other updates. So then they're remoting on. And <sighs> sorry, it's, that that was a long no, way of it, saying it's it's a nightmare. It is a nightmare, and I'm sitting here with clenched jaw because you're, you're reminding me of what it was like 15, 20 years ago when I ran my MSP business. And I said to Dave at the top of the uh, the you know the call, we talked at the time about this concept of hardware as a service. It sort of it never really took off, which is why I'm such a big fan of what's going on here. But I just want to draw out two points uh, that you mentioned. Let's talk about the myth of hardware margins for a moment. And I know you'll know what I'm talking about here, but for the benefit for any listeners, you know, I said Scott and I have been in this industry for an awful long time, maybe 20 odd years now. We both know that the margin that managed service providers think they make on devices and the margin they actually make on devices is different. But for the benefit of, of listeners, can you explain your thoughts on the myth of margin on devices for MSPs? thing. So th this is really easy for me because what, what we all do as MSPs is we go, okay, let me go and price up this new Dell laptop, for example, and it costs $1,000. Okay, well, I'll, I'll have a look and I'll see what discounts we can get. Oh, great. We can get 10% discount. So the retail price is $1,000. We can get it for $900. So I suppose we can mark it up by that 10% and show the customer, hey, we, you know, for, for our uh, service, we've got this 10% of margin that we're doing, and then we'll charge a setup fee, which is usually somewhere around the $200 mark uh, is, is what I've seen is typical. So we've got $300 to play with. That's how much margin we're making on this laptop. Okay. Is it though? $300. So ignoring all the faff that is around sales, ordering, procurement, finance, and all the people that are involved in there, we're ignoring all of those because that's that's just sunk cost, is it, in the business. None of that stuff actually happens or takes time, but it does. It takes hours out of each of those people's day, plus the chasing, oh, the PO hasn't been raised, oh, the order hasn't been, okay, the delivery. Then the delivery, depending on the size of your MSP, you'll have delivery, you'll have stores people, you'll have shipping in and goods received. So people have to sit there and, and bring everything in, check it all off, unpack all the pallets, all that kind of stuff. Then it gets dropped onto the engineer's ticket system for them to go and do something. Cool. Okay, so they're off down to the warehouse or down to the goods receivable, grabbing each laptop, unpacking it, getting it out of the box, turning it on, putting the cables in. Okay, where's the gold image? Generously, maybe that's an hour to two hours for each of those devices. By the time, I mean, yes, you can set up a whole bench full of them if you've got space. But still, each one needs to be manually interfered with. I say interfered in a kind way. Uh, but each one of those, you know, we're talking one to two hours. Okay. And then we pack them back up. Then we ship them back out. How much time has that actually taken? And, and you genuinely think that you're making $300, $200 to cover your installation charge. That's just your engineer. And $100 of, of margin. I don't think you're making it anywhere near $300 per unit. Now, I know, let's say you order 50 units. Okay, well, I tell you what, in that case, all those kind of maybe the logistical fees, the purchase order, the finance team, all of their time, maybe that's covered because we're doing a bulk order of, of 50 units. But the engineering time alone is not worth that $200 that you're charging them. It just, it isn't by the time you look at the scale of these things, the amount of time and effort it takes, unless you start to move to what Dave's talking about, which is a cloud deployed strategy get it from distribution, get it delivered to the customer 
ready to go so that the end user can log in. It's the right device. We've got the right profile set up for them, and we can get it deployed with all the software and applications ready to rock. And if we need to update you know, that, that profile, we do it once, we do it inside Intune, and we leave it alone and we forget about it until the next set of laptops comes along. But there's no way that we can sit back and go, well, it's all right, we're making $300 a laptop, so this deal's worth doing. It's one of the reasons why four years ago we said, I'm not doing hardware. It's, yeah. it's too much pain and not enough return. Yeah, yeah. I, I spoke to, I don't do MSP coaching per se anymore, uh, but a few years ago when I was working with, um, you know, a, a decent sized MSP in the mid-market and I asked them about markup, about margin on hardware uh, device sales and that, and they said, oh yeah, we aim for 20, 25% or whatever. When we actually sat down and we went through sales, admin, uh, shipping, uh, and we've not even talked about RMA, returns and faults and yes. things of that nature and stuff. I actually demonstrated to them that they were making a loss with every piece of hardware they sold, which was a sobering moment for them and one I didn't take pleasure in. But you, and this is replicated across the whole industry. So super, you know, interesting what you say. The other thing I want to pick up on, though, you alluded to this. It's a common challenge for MSPs. Missed opportunity cost. So my MSP back in the day used to deal with HP and Dell. We would often see turnarounds of days, sometimes weeks, before we could get the hardware, before we could go through all the quote and everything, when our clients, and you and I and, and every listener will know, clients get in touch with us not to say, hey, we're going to need a piece of hardware in a month's time. They say, hey, we need a new piece of hardware when? Well, yesterday, the new starters here, yesterday. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So have you experienced that sort of opportunity, uh, the lost opportunity cost there as well? Oh, consistently. Yeah, and it's usually on the ones and twos. It's not on the bigger orders. The bigger orders tend to be well-planned. But on the ones and twos, the client gets frustrated with waiting because what they know is you're probably going to get it to them for, I don't know, a little bit cheaper than retail. And, and they get bored waiting and they just go on Dell and buy it themselves. Yeah. Or they'll go on the Lenovo website. Or to be honest, they'll go on Amazon and they'll just buy it and it's there next day. And then they'll raise a ticket saying, we've got a new laptop, we need setting up. And then they'll just pay hourly for the setup. They can't be bothered to wait. And so your internal delayed process of get the quote, get the order, get the financing to raise the PO, they don't care. They just need a laptop next day. And they want the one, they want the one that they've seen. It's that it might not be the right box, but it's it's nice and shiny, and the MD wants one. Um, and he can see it on Amazon and it's eight hundred dollars and he can get it next day. Mm -hmm. That's the level of service we need to try and compete with, but also bring in the automation and the security and the standardized build. Because again, we, we see the other side of this, which is they can get it for a hundred dollars cheaper. Why is it a hundred dollars cheaper? Because it's got Windows Home on it. Yes. <laughs> and now we've got to remotely sort out a bugger up with Windows Home and turn it into Windows Pro. We see that all the time. But yeah. that's just because they don't see the efficiency and they don't see the value of what the MSP is doing when it comes to hardware. A laptop's a laptop, right? That's that's how they feel about it. It's just a functional tool to do the job. Yeah. Um, we think of it as something special and important, but the customer doesn't. They just Everyone needs a laptop, right? That's that's how it is. And that's why, again, I come back to what Dave and the team at Dash Portal are doing as you, you called it revolutionary. And I genuinely think that that's true because for the first time in four years, it's made me go, I might actually do hardware mm. because something's come along to take all the pain and the hassle out of it. I can have a portal. I can put it in front of the customer. We can have a standard catalog. They can pick which one they want. It gets shipped to them. On a next business day, it's got all the warranty, it's got all the maintenance, it's got RMA included. I will get an invoice at the end of the month for anything that we've bought. It's all taken care of. I don't have to think about getting all that stuff ready. And in fact, the customers can self-serve. They can order it. It can go to them. Our Intune portal uh, will kick in with the right profile for them, with the right software. So as soon as it lands on the desk, it will get deployed with all the right software we don't have to do anything. It's just become zero touch and a bill at the end of the month. And what's the client getting is a fantastic next day service anywhere in the world. I'm like, shut up and take my money. This, <laughs> this, this makes sense, right? It's just, it's so easy. Yeah. I'm going to draw Dave back into the conversation in a second. Before I do though, 
I think, you know, uh, those listeners who have heard podcast interviews with you before or are aware of your work in the industry, you are, CloudNexus is at the cutting edge of Microsoft technologies. You're using these technologies really, really well and, um, you know, uh, demonstrating high degrees of efficiency. There's going to be lots of people listening to this, though, who have been meaning to get around to adopting these technologies, but perhaps haven't. So what about how... If you weren't using Intune, what would your relationship with Dave and the DAS portal team look like? What about those MSPs that are listening and saying, this sounds great, but we haven't embraced Intune? What are their options? Well, so this is really interesting because it was one of the, one of the first conversations that I had with Dave and that we chatted about in, in Denver was this, this is kind of... Um, you know, we're at the peak of, a, of a, a huge hockey stick, I think, of adoption of MSPs of using Intune for deployment. And so we're still seeing people move and, and, and transition across. And, you know, lots of the smaller MSPs, especially here in the UK, are still selling business standard and they're struggling to find the value in moving to business premium. And so we're saying it's not just the efficiencies for the customer, but it's the efficiencies for the MSP, especially when we start to think about Intune. But they're not there now. Intune can be a pain in the backside. I know this because we've done at least 10,000 endpoints with it by now for, for us and for, for other partners because a lot of the work we do now is supporting other MSPs in, in getting things right with Intune. Um, so Dave and I had a, a great conversation, which was how can we bring some of that knowledge and experience and, and, and you know that we've had and also all those lessons, all those bites in the bum and share those <laughs> so that MSPs don't have to go through that pain. And so we've established you know, this partnership where we will be there to help set up those autopilot profiles, those endpoint profiles. We will help them with application packages so that once you've done a few of these as an MSP, you'll happily stand on your own two feet and you'll know what to do and what the gotchas are and where to go. But if it's your first time doing this, you're gonna you're gonna find yourself causing yourself more pain than you thought you were gonna get, and you're just like, this doesn't work. What we know is it absolutely works, and it works well at scale. There's just a few gotchas and a few rules. So we've established this partnership to make sure that anyone who's coming through to, to DAS Portal thinks this all sounds great, but I just don't know Intune. My team doesn't know Intune. We don't know where to start. We don't know what good looks like. We've got an accelerator for you, which is, hey, this this will get you going. You'll also have a team that you can ask any questions of if you get stuck or something's not doing what it's supposed to do. We're right there for you at the end of that, that phone as well. So it's a way for us to say, DAS Portal's great, but also if you don't know Intune, then we've got that covered for you as well. So you have no reason to not take a look at this and see a fantastic new way to roll out your, uh, your end user hardware. That was awesome. Scott, you are a legend, my friends. And again, for the benefit for, of, of, of listeners who are not familiar with Scott, you know, he speaks so openly and honestly uh, about how his MSP is run, how he does things really well. So thank you. I appreciate it. And Dave, I'll draw you back into the conversation here. What an awesome idea on your part to bring Scott into this conversation, because we've just got a real, um, you know, an exciting look from the MSP's perspective on things. Yeah, I mean, it, um, I, I've learned quite a lot around uh, Intune and and some of the challenges that Scott's spoken to. So it's been it's been very insightful for us to be able to understand some of the challenges that the MSPs that we're talking to have uh, in a bit more detail. Um, and yeah, it just it just made a lot of sense. We're like, yeah, we really need to to work with uh, with Scott and his team to help uh, help facilitate everybody going you know in the in the same direction together. Yeah, we've already included, as we always do in these episodes, like a lot of information that people, you know, I know people listen to these episodes while they're out driving or out walking the dog or, or whatever it might be. So for the benefit of listeners, please don't worry. We're going to include show notes with everything in this episode that Scott and Dave have already mentioned. But Dave, I want to move the conversation forward and pick up on something Scott said, and that is about client self-service with DAS Portal. Is that something that's available now? Is it something that's going to be available as an option in the future? What does that look like? Um, yeah, it's certainly going to be something that that we'll be offering. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it needs to just be easy for anybody to to consume. So be that the customer wants to just go in and say, I've got a HR says, hey, we've got a new starter um, happening. You know, worst case scenario, they're starting tomorrow. Um, uh, can they go on? They can log in and just say, uh, it's, say it's just a, a, a less than a one minute form. Um, or they can send that request to the MSP and the MSP does the one minute form. The, the, the important part here is that it's less than a one minute form. 
as opposed to everything else that you used to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay, let me recap a little bit here. Uh, we get excited, you, me, Scott, we talk fast about these things. So apologies for anybody listening and they're trying to keep up with things here. But I really do genuinely think this is a revolutionary concept. So to summarize with what we've talked about so far, from an MSP's perspective, I think this sounds, Dashboard sounds amazing. What I'm hearing from Scott is complexity equals cost for an MSP. So simplicity via Dasport will bring savings. So Dasport will provide MSPs with the opportunity to provide devices with the minimum number of touch points possible. Am I, I'm, I'm on form there? Am I uh, hitting the mark there, would you say, Dave? Yeah, um, I mean, there's another thing that we've not uh, really focused on, but is a big core part of that in that standardization across the board. Um, if you look at Nirvana for your MSP uh, help desk, uh, every one of your endpoints has exactly the same laptop. That would be Nirvana. You've just got yeah. one model, one device to support. So obviously, we want to get as close to that as possible. Um Every MSP that we've spoken to, uh, they take that request at that point in time. They go to distribution and they see what's off the shelf uh, and then they get the price. And that's the way that they facilitate it. We completely revolutionized that by holding. Uh, so, for example, with Dell, uh, we have our own uh, DAS catalog. All of those units are CTO, configure to order builds. Um, and that means that uh, we can order today the model and we can order it right until the end of the life cycle from Dell for that model, the exact same laptop across that model's lifespan, uh, as opposed to having to just pick what's off the shelf. So that creates that standardization. We can also do things that we also have a ready go image. So it strips out all of the bloatware, antivirus trials and all that kind of stuff, which we've had a massive problem um, uh, at some point in this journey about a year ago where it was causing conflicts um, at Pex8 with Sentinel uh, One. Mm. Um, and it turns out it was just a bit of bloatware that needed removing. Um, so they do cause problems. Um, but yeah, that standardization uh, is very important. So having that standardized catalog that just says, okay, you've got the equipment is assigned to a job role, a department, or you could call it remote bundle worker one, whatever. You're not going through the, the process of saying, I have a new starter. I need some hardware. What hardware do I give them? Now ask the MSP for what they can get, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It is already defined what the people in your organization are going to have and hopefully that is no more than one two three models maybe a couple of dell options uh, for you know basic and and higher level uh, you might want a mac offering or a couple of mac offerings and maybe a microsoft service for customer facing roles but you really need to standardize that and get that down and then it's the case going through that process that is what underpins that's portal in the whole process that says less than one minute you get a device because we can't be, you know, it simplifies everything all the way through the entire supply chain. So you think about how we handle logistics and, and that inventory for customers. We've got 20 different models that we're handling for them or, or that. Kind of, we just can't do that. And it doesn't work. There's no need to do that. Yeah. And my background in uh, before I ran an MSP was in corporate IT, Dave, and the likes of Ernst & Young, the NHS. One of the fundamental tenets that I brought from corporate IT to managed services that I believe made me a success as a managed service provider was standardization. Why try to support hundreds and thousands of different uh, you know, types of devices for clients when if you can standardize, but easier said than done. So really interesting to see you're bringing that approach to things. So so far, so good. I think, you know, anybody listening who runs an MSP familiar with headaches of providing hardware will agree this sounds brilliant. Let me put myself in the shoes of an MSP again, though, and address, perhaps if we can, some of the concerns. So what happens, for instance, Dave, if an MSP client goes uh, bust, or perhaps they default on their device as a service agreement? What does that situation look like? Uh, it looks like we don't give a shit. Okay. Expand that, on that for me. And that's because the biggest challenge we set out to solve was the lease agreement, the finance side of it. I identified that as being that is going to be the real tough thing to, 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 to solve. And so we solved that by when people sign up, uh, the, the MSP's customers come into the portal and we go through the process of standardization, putting the job, the categories against the job roles and bundles. But as part of that, they sign up once on our portal. And that is the last document that they need to sign. They don't have to keep 
generating leases for every single order. We do some clever stuff at the back end and some some uh, work around the legal framing, uh, which allows the lenders that underpin the back end of this to be comfortable with what we're delivering and how we're delivering that. And so because it is still uh, fundamentally a lease type product at the back end, it just feels look for every intents and purposes is a subscription in the in the customer's eyes. But that that uh, that is backed off to a lease company. So the MSP gets paid, we get paid, and if the customer defaults, as I say, we don't give a. Sh- Got it. Okay, that's that's the answer <clears throat> he's looking for there. That's incredible. Okay, let me ask you something else as well. Many MSPs listening to this. Uh, will think this is a great idea. They're going to be interested in finding out more, having a conversation with you. But what about their clients? How, you know, there's going to be some people, Scott and I talked about that old thing, oh, we've always done it this way, you know, changing, you know, hearts and minds and opinions. How are you planning to help MSPs to sell this concept to their clients? Yeah, we identified this as a problem uh, quite early on um, as uh, MSPs were sort of staring blankly trying to take all this on after we've just done a sales presentation and going, yes. well, how are we going to frame this to our clients? And they have they have genuine challenges there, right? Because uh, they have a model that they charge for a setup fee or they charge it this way or that way. So they are going to have to look at this and go, okay, we're, we've got to change the way that we do this. Um Give me the original question again. I've, uh, yeah, how are you having, uh, help, helping to plan? Let me rephrase that. How are you planning to help MSPs to sell this concept to their clients? So, there we go. Yeah, so we identified this problem. So uh, what we've done is we've put some uh, co-branded marketing material together uh, to give to the MSP to help take to their customers to frame that. Um, and that's around a couple of core uh, sort of messaging principles. One is let's talk about culture. So um, do you think it's a good idea to employ someone on 40, 45,000 pounds and give them a secondhand laptop? No, it's a terrible idea because they're already back on Monster going, well, this is how you know you work and this is what you think you're going to give me a secondhand laptop. So we think that's a bad idea from a cultural perspective. Excuse me. Uh, the, other, the other interesting thing that, that we want to help uh, MSPs solve with their customers the amount of msps that we've spoken to we talk about life cycle refresh periods or uh, you know how long are you sweating assets for and they say oh our customers like they sweat it for four five six years or till it's broken yeah um that's a complete false economy so what we did is we underpinned that uh with some maths easy maths just to show someone uh and on a thousand pound device uh if you uh the saving that you'll make from that thousand pound device for not buying it in year four is 133 pounds so um we put the math together on an average salary and the cost uh, of everything around that uh and it just of the employee you need to have 1.3 hours of downtime in year four for that to be a completely false economy and there's no way that you're going to have just 1.3 hours of downtime you will probably lose that and 10 times that just as the, as the laptop becomes slower to boot every day you're losing 30 seconds a day now you're losing 45 seconds all of that compounds and adds up over time and that's just on the boot time for example so it really is a, a, a fundamentally false economy keeping laptops beyond three years um and yeah the final bit of that is we we looked at what the average cost of an employee is uh in the uk um and everyone we speak to they are focused on getting that device for this the cheapest possible price so uh in the marketing material that we put together for msps we show that uh well here is the cost uh, average cost of a person or an employee, uh, and a thousand pound device, um, or actually just eleven hundred and seven pounds is the math that we use here. Um, the total cost of technology versus overall employee cost one point nine four percent. The percentage time that that employee relies on that device one hundred percent. So again, from a cultural point of view, do you think it's logical to try and get them, uh, you know, the cheapest device for six hundred quid when they use it all day, every day? And now consider the remote working revolution. Everybody wants to work from home. What's it like for that person who wants to go and enjoy the sunshine in their back garden, but they can't because their battery life is now about an hour or something, and they can't go and sit in their garden for longer than an hour, and they don't have a 40-foot extension cable. I mean, it's, it's perhaps a bit, a bit of a, it's a, you know, a daft example, but that's the sort of mindset that we're trying to foster and help 
MSPs take a, a, a new message to their customers. Um, I mean, for starters, MSPs can just quickly, if they're happy and they buy into the, the maths that we support saying you shouldn't have a device for more than three years, they can run a report on their system and say, okay, bring up every device that we manage that's beyond three years, give that to the sales team and say, you've now got a conversation starter to have around DAS portal or just that concept to say, hey, you should be you, sh you shouldn't be keeping these devices longer than three years. And the longer those devices are kept, the more overhead there is on the MSP's support team. Um, I very much doubt that uh, MSPs are going, well, we're going to charge you more in, for the device in year four than in year three. They just have probably a flat rate, but they're sucking up that additional uh, cost uh, at the back end. That makes sense right the way along. Yeah. We've talked about DAS Portal. Obviously, I think it's clear to everybody listening now, revolutionary concept, and I've got great hopes for it. I was going to say I wish you the best of luck. I don't think you're going to need luck here because this is a, a clear opportunity uh, for MSPs and yourself. Before we run out of time today, though, I just want to ask, who's Dave Tilly when you're not running DAS Portal? Who are you behind the scenes? Um. To be perfectly honest, uh, I'm, I'm not anybody. Uh, I don't get any time outside of DAS Portal at the moment. Uh, I am literally working nearly to midnight every night, um, uh, pushing this as we're, as we're building out our capabilities globally. Uh, but when I'm not um, under a mountain uh, of work, hopefully uh, not for the rest of my life, uh, I like uh, climbing mountains, uh, anything, anything around snow, skiing, ice climbing, uh, anything like that. I really love the outdoors and, and especially the mountains. Yeah. What, what about mountain climbing? Is there any specific mountains that you've uh, you've gone up recently? Um, well, the the last uh, the last thing that I did was in 2016, um, and um, uh, I, I recognised a lifelong dream of climbing uh, Manusley, which is the eighth highest mountain in the world, uh, wow. without supplemental oxygen. Uh, that's been something I'd wanted to do since I was a, a child. Um, I, I watched a documentary on the BBC, uh, and these uh, these people were like, and they started their three week uh, walk to base camp, and I'm like. I've been up snowed and that was really hard. These guys are setting off for three weeks. It's got to be like the most amazing adventure. So I've always wanted to do that. Um, I actually use it as one of the slides as well um, on our on our present uh, our presentation deck. So um, our our why, uh, la Simon Sinek, you know, what's our core purpose uh, is we're an experienced first strategy or an experienced first company, um, and I. I'm a bit fanatical about uh, experiences and uh, I, I really feel the pain when you have bad experiences. And the reason I put that slide up there is because uh, I say to MSPs, this is how I feel when I have experiences at distribution or online. Uh, it, it was like, you know, wading through treacle. There's about a third of the oxygen uh, that there is at sea level at that height. You can take three steps and I'd have to stop and take five breaths. And that's how I felt and feel a lot of the time when I have experiences with businesses, it's just shockingly bad. So we decided that that was our why and our, our core purpose and that we wanted to deliver uh, an experience. So we kind of talk about now XLA, so an experience level agreement rather than a service level experience, uh, service level agreement. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a different tack on it. Wow, I love that experience level agreement rather than service level agreements. I think that's going to be a, a valuable uh, one to look into for people listening to this as well. You and I, I think we're first introduced, uh, we're recording this in September 2023. We were first introduced maybe earlier this year, uh, wasn't it? And uh, we talked a little bit, you're uh, something of a, a climate evangelist. It's a passion I share as well. Can I ask, how have you handled conflict or any conflict you've come across between being, you know, a hardware device provider and the environmental impact of it. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, as I say, it's, it's been something that I've been very interested in for a long time, and I like learning about the science. And um, sometimes it very much depresses me the the sheer lack of understanding out there, and just people don't really understand the problem that we're, that we're facing. Um, you know, how do we deal with that from our perspective? Uh, our headquarters is completely carbon neutral. So every, all the energy that's supplied to this office comes from uh, renewable energy uh, and not just 
I sell renewable energy, energy provider. It's an energy provider called Good Energy, which I have spoken yeah. to and researched and, and, and understand that that is actually real and real clean energy and not just brown greenwashed energy. Right. Company. Um, as, as well for all of our employees, we, uh, we sign up to Ecology, um, which is a, a company that Rob Belgrave uh, co-founded, who's uh, now one of the, he was the CEO of Wirehive and, and he's now head of people ops, I think in, in, in Pax8. Um, and and they uh, they sponsor uh, projects and various things around the world um, and and do it in a very good way. So so we pay for all off you know help our we've still got people drive to work. They're still producing carbon. So we're trying to take care of that side. Um, but as the bigger picture, I thought to myself, we can actually make an impact with what we're doing here. So if you go back to the idea of simplicity across the supply chain and standardization, we want as n as few hops in that logistics chain. So. Um, the, the nirvana that we're looking to deliver to companies is, is kind of how Simon Green in, in the case study from Pax8 described it, the CIO's dream. Um, you know, the, uh, we want to see HR, they take on a new person, they input the details of that into the HR tooling system. Doesn't even go to IT anymore because it's, it's auto provisioned into the domain and everything. That outputs a ticket that comes into Das Portal. Das Portal sends a requisition to the relevant stocking location, wherever that is. And the only human being that touches that device is the person that physically picks it off the shelf, puts it in goods in, and ships it out. So there's the it's it's physically the fewest number of touches by a human and the fewest number of hops. We get that into our warehouse from the uh, from directly from Dell from manufacturing. It goes from there to the remote worker at home or to an office. You cannot get less hops than that. So therefore, it's it's climate friendly from that perspective. Um, and then uh, when we get to the end of the three-year cycle, um, we can we can do things and we will be looking to do things um, with those devices that make it as, as green and clean as possible. Um, you know, it's, big, it's, a, it's a part of everybody's agenda uh, or will be becoming a part of everybody's agenda. So I'm excited to see what we can do further in that um, further than that. And I'm really excited because I felt, you know, a little bit disenfranchised maybe is the right word or disempowered when you look at, you're doing all this work to recycle everything at home and all of this kind of stuff. And then you drive into a business estate on a Saturday and motor rollers lit up like bloody Blackpool eliminations. Oh, so you're yeah, like, come yeah. on, we're not attacking this problem from the right, at the right places. Everyone needs to do their bit, but there needs to be some bigger change. And I feel that, um, you know, if we were supplying a million, two million, three million devices globally, uh, and I'm affecting, and we're able to affect uh, that and, and make a real change, we can do that on a bigger level. So I'm very excited. Um, I have some cool ideas around uh, around that. Um, so watch this space. Awesome, Dave. Awesome. Scott, just before I finish up with uh, Dave, uh, I'm just going to bring you back in here. Any final thoughts as we uh, close up here? Because this is such an exciting concept on so many different levels. What's your thoughts on it? No, I, as I said earlier, Richard, it, it genuinely is maybe for the first time in four years think that hardware might actually be something that we want to do again, um, because it's taking all the pain away. Um, and, and you know, again, it's, it's really we haven't touched on throughout the call, but yes, that there is a cost, you know, for using DAS Portal and using the DAS Portal service. There is there's a cost per device. And I don't think there's there's any hiding away from that. But when we've done the maths and we've looked at it and just gone, the time that we save, you know, in, in bringing hardware into the business, the skills that we now don't need, the effort that we don't need, it's made hardware so accessible. And when I go back and think of my previous organization, I think of all the people that, now in the nicest possible way, that wouldn't need to touch this device or wouldn't need to be involved in the paperwork on any part of it in and out, more than offsets any cost that we're paying for the managed service that runs through DAS portal, but also actually takes us from, as you said earlier, losing margin and having this margin myth that we're actually making money on hardware and actually makes money on hardware. Who'd have thought? What a crazy idea. Um, so no, genuinely, it's it's one of these things. I think DAS Portal, and obviously from a Microsoft perspective, which is where I always sit, uh, we don't do a huge amount of Apple devices, but partner it with Intune and Endpoint Manager, whatever they decide to call it today, you've got such a slick process to put in front of your client to say, yeah, we have a standardized catalog. You can pick your devices. It's there next day. It all includes business warranty. Everything's ready to go. And it's just pain-free. And, and, and that's, again, my ultimate thing as an MSP. Can I automate it? Can I optimize it? Can I make myself useless? As I always like to say, this is a perfect process for me to not need to step in 
for hardware orders to go through and clients to be, you know, empowered to do that themselves. So yeah, absolutely fantastic. I would encourage anyone of your listeners to get in touch with Dave. And I think Dave, maybe you did yourself a bit of a disservice as well when when Richard asked you, you know, how are you enabling MSPs? Because I've been on the the calls with you and those MSPs about how to position this. Um, and Dave's got such a, a passion, as you've heard in, in this call for, for this. And, and he's been in this, this industry and, and understands distribution and financing inside and out. And so he knows the pain that MSPs are having with this. The way that he helps them overcome that and get that mindset right on those calls is fantastic. And you can genuinely see like just eyes open. Oh, okay, I get it. Um, so yeah, there's a huge amount of support that I've seen Dave and the team do on those calls as well. So it's not just, you know, there's some great marketing materials and there's a good portal. There's a fantastic team here that you're actually partnering with. It's not, it's not just an online service. That's what I'd say. So if you're listening and you think this is interesting, genuinely reach out to Dave, have a look. Um, I'm not being paid to say this. I'm not wearing any branded desk portal clothing i haven't been sent any fancy drinking mugs or anything but i always like to say when you meet good people and a good service it's it's so easy to say nice things about them so please you know take me at my word have a chat with dave definitely something to look into absolutely you're too, you're too kind scott he's telling the truth he's telling the truth here dave i'm going to finish just before I turn to you, and you know, there's going to be a lot of people interested in having the conversation with you, finding out more about Das Portal. But I just want to say for listeners, I know one of Dave's favourite quotes is uh, from Bernard Shaw. People who say it cannot be done should not interrupt those who are doing it. I love that quote because Scott and I talked earlier on about, oh, well, it's always been done that way. One of our pet you know, peeves about this industry, you are mixing it up in, in a really good way. And I I want people to be aware of Das Portal. You know, Scott's clearly a fan of it. Uh, you're clearly passionate about what you do. And this industry, we talked about Pax8 disrupting uh, how distribution was done. You are disrupting in a really positive way the way hardware and devices are done. So I wish you, you know, the very best of luck with it. But as I said earlier, I think it's going to be plain to anybody listening to this. You're not going to need luck because this is a huge problem and you're going about addressing it. So Dave, thanks for spending time with us today. For anybody who wants to continue the conversation with you or jump straight in and find out more about Dasport, how can they reach you? Uh, they can find us at uh, Das Portal, D-A-A-S, portal.app, alpha, papa, papa. Um, or you can reach out to our head of business development, James Hughes. It's just james at dasportal.app, and uh, he'll be able to get some uh, some time in the diary uh, and come and have a chat with me and him. And uh, we'd love to speak to you and uh, answer any questions. Uh, everyone always has questions that after every sales presentation. They go away, they go, like, oh, my God, that's a lot of information. So usually it's the first call, and then they take it away and and, and talk to the business and the the the, the stakeholders and um, and start, you know, it, it is a change. It's a, it's a change in the way that they do business. And that's one of the things I really like about having Scott there is because when they're making these changes, uh, in order to make that change, they need confidence to make that change. And I think that's where Scott really helps support them and say, well, if we roll this out and we start using Intune and it all falls apart, uh, what are we going to do? Uh, and that's where, you know, you can have Scott on the end of a phone uh, and he'll be there to support and help those uh, help you through those those times. So, Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Dave, Scott, this has been fantastic. Uh, and for the benefit of listeners, you know, we've mentioned, and I make no excuse for it. Anytime you get Scott and I together, we talk and share loads of stuff. You add Dave to the mix and it's clear we're going to be dropping value bomb after value bomb here for people to uh, to take away. So everything we spoke about, all the links, all the resources, we'll include them all with the show notes for this episode at www.tublog.co.uk. All that remains for me to say is Dave Till Scott Riley, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Richard. No, thanks so much, guys. And thanks for everyone for listening. Hey folks, Richard here. Thanks for listening today. I know you've got a ton of options for who you listen to nowadays, so I really appreciate your support. Do you have any feedback on this episode? Ideas for future guests? Tweet me at Tublog using the hashtag TubTalk. I respond to every tweet and really appreciate your feedback. <laughs>